prayers. Um, ask you to continue to pray for us. We have a, a prayer letter that we send out once every couple of months. If you'd like to be on that list, you can contact us or let me know right now after the service, and I'll put down your email address where you can talk to your pastor and get put on that list. So you can pray specifically for our needs and for what the Lord is doing. We're going to turn our Bibles this evening to the book of Acts in chapter 13. Also, if you have any any questions about what you saw in the presentation, any questions about the work in Mexico, please come up to us after the service. We're happy to hang around. We're staying in the suite anyway, so we'll hang around all night and answer answer questions um, or doubts that you might have about the work in Mexico City. Acts chapter 13, we're going to read first of all verses 1 to 5 and then go over to chapter 14 and read verses 21 to 28. Acts 13, verses 1 through 5. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And in chapter 14, we'll read verses 21 to 28. When they preached the gospel to that city, and it taught many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium, and Antioch confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went, went down into Italia and then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Amen. We thank the Lord for the reading of his word. Let's pray and ask that he will apply it to our hearts. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of opening your word, of reading what you have inspired for us. We thank you that your word is for us, that's sufficient for our needs, that's sufficient for our Christian lives. And Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to understand these passages today, that you would help us to understand what you have for us, and that you send us out from this place, understanding the need to take practical steps to make changes in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. It's very simply what I want us to study together and understand this evening. And it's important to understand both parts of of that sentence. While not every Christian is a missionary, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. Now I say not every Christian is a missionary, and I want to clarify that, I want to explain that, because that may go against what you've heard other people say, what you've heard in other places. Every Christian is a witness, Every Christian is called to evangelize. Every Christian is called by God to spread the gospel everywhere that he can. That's beyond question. 
But I think it's necessary to be very precise in the terms that we use. Uh, historically, the word missionary is a term that's been reserved for those who go to witness for the Lord and spread the gospel in another culture. Not just another country, although that's very often the case, but in another culture. And it's an important distinction because the danger of saying every Christian is a missionary, every Christian is a missionary at his home, in his job, at his work, in his neighborhood, is that no one then is really exercised to get up and leave and go to another culture. Christians are happy enough to be missionaries where they live and where they work, and with that they avoid the possibility that the Lord could call them to leave their place of comfort and go serve him somewhere else. And so that's why I make the distinction. Every Christian is a witness. Every Christian is called to evangelize and spread the gospel. But not every Christian is a missionary. God has called some specifically to leave their home and country and family and comfort and go to another culture to spread the gospel. At the same time, to avoid going to another extreme, a missionary is not a super-Christian. Just because someone goes to another country to live and to spread the gospel does not make them a special Christian. In a sense, a missionary is simply a Christian living his Christian life or ministering, preaching, pastoring, as so many do, but in another country or in another culture. Obviously, there are some specific challenges to that as you learn a new language, a new culture, as you leave what is comfortable and normal and live somewhere else. But a person is not someone extra special just because they live and minister in another country. So not every Christian is a missionary, but every Christian should be involved in missionary work. We see that principle in these two passages that we read this evening. Some Christians participate in missionary work in their own local church, preparing and sending out and supporting the missionaries who go to another culture, while others are specifically called to go out and spread the gospel in another place. But whatever God has called the Christian to do, he or she must be involved in some way or another in the missionary work that God God has called his church to do. So let's consider that in two parts. Every Christian should be involved in missionary work. And first of all, some Christians are involved in that missionary work in their own local church. And I think it's impossible to overemphasize the importance of the local church in missionary work. Obviously, as a general rule, missionaries go out to plant their own local churches. But here I'm talking about Christians involved in missionary work in their own local church that trains and sends out and supports missionaries. That's one of the emphases that we see in these two passages that we read today in the book of Acts. First, if we go back to chapter 13, we read about the involvement of the local church in the city of Antioch in sending out Paul and Barnabas as missionaries. And in church, we always hear about Paul and Barnabas. From the time we're kids, we hear about Paul and Barnabas and their missionary journeys. But we don't always think about the local church that sent them out. We should. We see, first of all, this church was a training ground. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Now, there were in a church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So there were various men in this local church, serving in their local church, serving as prophets and teachers, including Paul and Barnabas. And it's important to notice that verse 2 says that as they ministered to the Lord, 
the Holy Spirit called Paul and Barnabas from that group of men, from their service in their local church, to go out and minister elsewhere. So Paul and Barnabas were not just sitting around doing nothing when the Lord called them. They were active in their local church, and as they were active, they were called. So the local church is a place to serve. Paul and Barnabas were serving in their church along with other men, and when the time came, the Lord called them to go. And so part of the work of the local church is to teach the people, to ground them in their faith, and to help them to grow. Now that training is for everyone, but also every local church should be praying that the Lord be using the teaching and training of the church to prepare future missionaries within the church, within the teaching ministry of the local church. And of course, everyone should be active in their local church in one way or another. We should never lose sight of the fact that the work and ministry of the local church is for every Christian in the church, in one way or another. No Christian is simply called to attend church, to fill the pew, and to check church attendance off his list every week. Every believer is to be involved in his local church, or he's not functioning as he should in the body of Christ. But if the church is to be a training ground in general, and here specifically in this context for missionaries then the church also has to be ready to lose members to the mission field. Because some will stay. The local church needs elders and deacons and pastors. The local church needs people to stay, to teach, to attend, to participate in so many ways. But a growing, healthy local church will be willing and ready to lose some of its members and some of its best members to the mission field. That's hard for a local church to hear. It's easy for the missionary to come in and say that. But that should be the mindset of the local church. That should be part of the training and the teaching of the church. Some will stay, but some will go. And parents, you have to be ready to send your children as well. See your children grow up and go off to the mission field to go someplace else at the sacrifice, not to live in the same place as your kids, to send them off to another country, maybe a dangerous place. Most parents want their kids to stay close by even after they've grown. Or think about if your grandparents, you only see your grandkids once a year, once every couple years, that's a sacrifice. But we remember that at the end of the day, our children are not really ours. They belong to the Lord. We cannot hold on to them when the Lord has called them somewhere else. So we should be training also our children in the service of the Lord and preparing ourselves for if the Lord would call them and send them where he would have them to be. But also, as I say, some of these men stayed. The other men listed here in the book of Acts, in Acts 13, they stayed in Antioch, at least for the time being. And without, without a doubt, they continued serving in their local church, which was involved in the training and sending out of missionaries. And that's the next thing that we see. The church sent Paul and Barnabas. The church trained them. The church gave them the opportunity to, to, to serve in the church, and then they sent them out. The local church was involved in the sending out of their missionaries. See that in verses 2 to 3 of Acts chapter 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereinto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So this local church was preparing men. The men were serving in the church. And so when these men were called to go someplace else, there was no resistance on the part of the church. Or at least we don't read of any. The church recognized the calling of the Holy Spirit, 
They fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them out. Now, fasting and praying reminds us of the importance of seeking the Lord in His will, in His will, especially in a day where the Holy Spirit does not speak to us directly as He did in this passage. The Holy Spirit leads us by His Word, and we fast and we pray as we study the Scriptures in order to know the mind of the Lord. Laying hands on them showed that the church officially authorized these men to go on their missionary journey. Uh, laying hands on someone was not and is not something magical that transfers power, but a symbol of authority. So this local church sent out Paul and Barnabas as missionaries. That's part of the responsibility of the local church and, of course, of the missionary to be sent. But do you think there's something also very important in this part, in this verse that we read here in verse, in verse, in verse 3 of Acts chapter 13? There's one thing to train people. It's one thing to send the missionaries out, but then they should not be forgotten. And this church didn't forget their missionaries. Because we see in chapter 14 that Paul and Barnabas go back to Antioch after having ministered in many different places and give a report to the church of what the Lord had done among the Gentiles. And even stayed at the church for some time before going back out again. They had not been forgotten. When they returned, they were greeted with joy and they felt comfortable enough to stay for a while before going back out. And therefore, I believe what we read in, 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 in chapter 13 and verse 3, that the fasting and praying of this local church did not just occur when they were sent out, but it was while they were on their missionary journey as well. This church was attentive to the needs of their missionaries and continually praying to the Lord for them and supporting them. So every Christian can be, every Christian should be involved in missionary work in their own local church. Some in the local church will use their gifts to teach and prepare people, from children to young people to adults, to leave and serve the Lord elsewhere. Sunday school teachers are so important. Sunday school teachers can be used in such a great way in the lives of children and young people and sometimes not even know it. And everyone in the church, teacher or not, can use their gifts in some way to prepare people. Everyone can pray that the Lord would send out missionaries. Everybody in the church should be willing to sacrifice the best members of their local church to go out and serve the Lord in a different culture. Everyone should be willing to see their children and grandchildren go out and serve the Lord somewhere far away. And everyone should always continue to pray and to give when the Lord calls. So the church must prepare the church must send, but the church must also remember and continue to support the missionaries by prayers and offerings when they have gone out to the mission field. On a personal level, as a family, we can attest to the truth of the principles we see here. We were both trained in our local churches. We were sent out by this denomination, by our presbytery, by our local churches. And every time someone writes to us when they get a prayer update and say they're praying for us, or well, when we visit a church and someone says, I've been praying for you all these years, we're encouraged. We know that we're not alone on the mission field because the church is praying for us and supporting us continually. So every Christian should be involved in missionary work, and some Christians are involved in that work in their local church. But also some Christians are involved as missionaries who go out from the local church. We see in these passages some descriptions of these men who were sent out as missionaries from Antioch. First of all, we see again they were already involved in their local church first. Chapter 13, verse 2 says, They were called as they ministered to the Lord 
And so it's a grave error to think that someone who is not committed to his local church and not involved in its ministry will suddenly be passionate about the work of the Lord in another country. That's not how it works. Those who are serving the Lord actively in their local church are the ones the Lord often calls out to go and serve him somewhere else. And we can see as well that Paul and Barnabas were called. Remember that missionaries are always called, and in two ways. Inwardly, by the Holy Spirit, and then outwardly, by the church. Here it was easy because the Holy Spirit, as he still did in that time, spoke and made clear that it was his will to call these men. And then the church did the same in obedience to the Spirit's word. But even though we live in a different time, the principle is still the same. A man or a woman is called inwardly by the Holy Spirit, and then that call is ratified by the church, which protects both the church and the person. People don't call themselves and send themselves. Missionaries are called, and missionaries are sent. So someone who is not part of the local church, someone who is not involved in the local church, someone who is not under the supervision of the local church, is not suddenly going to say, I'm going to the mission field, and expect everybody to be on board and send them. The missionaries are prepared and trained in their local church and then sent out from the local churches. Next, we can see what a missionary does after he is sent. First of all, he preaches the word. We go back to Acts 13 and verse 5. Paul and Barnabas had been sent out, and it says in verse 5, And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And then chapter 14, verses 21 to 22. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. So missionaries do not go out simply to help people with social issues. Missionaries do not go out simply to feed and clothe people to teach them to read, to teach them music, whatever it may be. Those things are not wrong. Those things may be included in many ministries on the mission field, but they are not the main thing. The main thing is always the preaching of the word, sharing the gospel so that men and women and children can be saved and have their hearts transformed, which will then lead to other changes in their lives. Chapter 14, verse 22, we see specifically what Paul and Barnabas were doing when they returned and visited the churches they had established. It says they were confirming the souls of the disciples. They were discipling the believers in their faith, in their Christian lives, encouraging them, exhorting them to continue on. It says exhorting them to continue in the faith. They were teaching them or reminding them, we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. And we know there's a great need in, in all parts of the world for men like that, for pastors, not just preachers, but pastors, who will preach the word, but will also disciple the believers, confirm their souls, exhort them to continue in the faith, and suffer with their people. When we have men and pastors like that in our churches, we should always thank the Lord for them. We should always continually pray that the Lord will raise up more men like that, more pastors in all of our churches and on the mission field. Also in chapter 14, we see that these missionaries ordained and established elders in the churches that they had started. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 14. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord 
on whom they believed. Now this is really what should be happening in all of our churches. This is what we pray for constantly, that the Lord would raise up men to be elders. That as pastors we would be training and preparing men for that office. And again, that's especially true in the mission field, where many times you're dealing with first-generation Christians. And there's a great need to see the men grow in their faith and holiness in order to take on the responsibility of leadership in the church. We know there are some missionaries that are called to plant the church, train the men, and turn the church over to them. Other missionaries stay in the church, but still train men and send them out to preach and establish other churches. But in whatever way God has gifted the missionary, that is his responsibility, to train others as well to preach and plant churches. And there's a great need on the mission field for the people not just depend on one man, for the people not not to just depend on the missionary, but to see local elders raised up to help in the government of the church, to pastor the people, to lead the church forward in holiness and spiritual growth. And then finally, in regards to the example of Paul and Barnabas as missionaries, we see they returned to the local church that had sent them out. Verses 26 to 28 of Acts chapter 14. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. These missionaries returned to their local church to report on the work that the Lord had done. And that does two things. It encourages the church and it encourages the missionary. They went back to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. It says they gathered the church together, not just the leaders. They talked to everyone in the church. They gave a report. They rehearsed all that God had done. They gave a report about what the Lord had done through them. It says opening a door of faith unto the Gentiles, which we know is an absolute miracle in that time. They encouraged the church by telling them what the Lord was doing. And undoubtedly, they were encouraged by their local church as well. And that's what we're doing on this trip. As we visit our churches here in Canada, doing the same thing. Obviously, Paul and Barnabas didn't have video back then, but the principle is the same. The missionary comes home, and he gives a report of what the Lord has done and gives him the glory. That encourages the church in regards to what God has done. It encourages the church to pray or continue to pray and support the missionary for new people that hadn't met us before to get to know the missionaries. And the visit home to the local churches also encourages the missionary because we know people are praying for us. But it's nice to see you and talk to you and hear it and enjoy that fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So let me ask, what is your involvement in the missionary work of the Lord. Every Christian should be involved. And I say every Christian because until someone has received the salvation that God gives by His grace, how can they be involved in missionary work? Until you're saved, you have nothing to share, you have nothing to do, because you are not yet a child of God. And so first of all, everyone here should stop and examine themselves, because that's the most important thing. Do you know the true God? Have you been saved by grace through the blood of His Son? Are you depending on your good works to save you? Or are you trusting by faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And please don't assume 
Don't assume that because you're in a Christian family that you're saved. Don't assume that because you attend this church that you're saved. Don't assume that because you have Bible knowledge and you've been in the church for years that you're saved. Are you a child of God? But then every Christian, every true child of God should be involved in missions in some way. Everyone can be involved in the local church. Everyone should realize their important role in their own local church, serving in many different ways. Never, ever undervalue the role you play in your local church. Each part of the body is important. You can teach, you can encourage, you can pray, you can work behind the scenes. Every Christian can be involved in their church. But then also some need to go. And I want to emphasize that here at the end of this message. In all of our local churches, Christians should be asking themselves if God would have them leave their comfort zones and go to another culture to spread the gospel. Because there's a very important balance to find in this kind of message. On the one hand, I want to encourage every person who is part of the local church because they are essential for missionary work. No one should think they have nothing to do. No one should think they can never be involved in missionary work because they're too old or don't have the knowledge or can't leave where they're living now. Everyone should be committed to and participate in their local church according to their gifts. Everyone can pray. Everyone can give. Everyone can support their missionary who has gone to minister in another culture. I want to encourage that. But at the same time, God is still calling men and women and young people and children to the mission field. And I don't want everyone to feel so comfortable in their local church, in their own country, that they don't even consider the possible call of God to the mission field. And notice, I said God is still calling young people and even children. And by that, of course, I do not mean that a child is suddenly going to go off by themselves to another country. But God can begin to burden the heart of a child for a young person at whatever age for the mission field. He can call someone at any age, even a child, as he did in my own life. The young people here, don't just think about what you can study and what job you can get that will allow you to earn money and be comfortable and travel the world. Ask the Lord to guide you. Consider studying for full-time ministry. Consider preparing yourself for the mission field. It's not just for young children or, or young people or children either. For anybody here, young couples, older folks, maybe the Lord would work in your heart to take you out of your comfort zone so that you would go and serve Him in another place. Don't ignore that possibility. Be open to the Lord's guiding hands. And then for those who will stay, learn to pray or continue to pray for your missionaries. Pray consistently, pray fervently, pray specifically, pray expectantly. Pray for grace and strength for your missionaries, for the Lord's blessings upon their families and their churches. Learn to give or continue to give generously and sacrificially for the spread of the gospel in other places. Because maybe you cannot go, but you can give so that the work will continue in other places. At the end of the day, let us all continue to trust in God's sovereignty for success in His work. We're all to be involved, every Christian, without a doubt. But it's God who gives the increase. Acts 14, 26 says that Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. 
they fulfilled the work that God had given them to do. They had success because God always gives spiritual success in his own time. So let's be involved. Let us all do our part in his missionary work. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for the example of this local church in Antioch and of Paul and Barnabas as missionaries. Thank you for reminding us of the importance of the local church. And so we pray for the local church here in Calgary. We thank you for what you've done over the years. We thank you for what you are doing now. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to bring in many people, many families, saved and unsaved, the unbelievers to hear the gospel and be saved, that you would guide your people into this place to be sanctified, to love one another, to grow in grace in the knowledge of your scriptures. We pray that this church would grow spiritually, that you give much strength to its minister, to his family, to the leadership here, for the men, that you would raise up men to be elders in this church. We pray that you would continue to work and that this place, this church, would be a training ground for men and women to go out and serve you in other places. We thank you for so many children and young people that are attending this church, that are part of this church. And we pray, Lord, that you would work in their hearts at a very young age to call them to the mission field, that you would call them to the ministry. As parents, we pray that you would use our children in that way, that you would use us in their instruction as they grow. We thank you, th- we're thankful for the young couples that are here in the church as well. We pray that they would be a help to their minister, that they would be a support in this church. But also, Lord, that you would call some to go out as well. And for every person who is here, Lord, we pray that you would show them, that you would give them discernment to see how they can be involved in missionary work. We, thankful, we are so thankful for the prayers of your people in this church and all of our local churches. For us as missionaries, for, ultra, for other missionaries as well, we thank you for that, Lord. We pray that we continue. We pray that you would continue to do your work in every part of this world for the glory of your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.